Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's features are hard ticket to Hawaii and Malibu Express. I wonder if there's any drugs in those movies. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Anyways, I had to share that with you guys. It was very important. Yeah, we're all sadder now. Thank you for that. Yeah. So now that we've... Uh, um, now that we've tried to distract ourselves from actually talking about the movies we're supposed to talk about, uh, Noah, since you picked these movies, I'm giving you the chance to re- to uh, synopsize whichever one you want. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, I, I think there's a specific order that you have to discuss these movies in. Because, in a way, one's a sequel to the other. <laughs> in a weird way that doesn't make any sense, but that is the way that maybe Sidaris rolls. Well, you so, just made it easy. You get to synopsize both of them, then. Yeah, that's, you, that's fine. You can explain to me how one's a sequel to the other, but yet the first movie exists Second. in the world of the second movie. Oh, we'll, we'll get into that, because technically, pretty much all of Andy Sidaris' movies are actually like a shared universe thing. He was the first. He just didn't care about continuity, because boobs. Technically, that's not true. The Universal Monsters came before that, but continue on. Well, that's yeah, that's true, that's true. And that hammer collection, I think some of those were set meant to exist in the same world too. Also true. So I'm completely wrong. But uh, <laughs> Miami Express is a story about a guy. Well, that's not true. You just called it Miami Express. <laughs> no, that's fine. For this movie, that's the respect it deserves is getting the title wrong. Move on. Continue on now. <laughs> Wait, isn't it Miami Express? Malibu Express. <laughs> Malibu Express, thank you. <laughs> You're thinking Miami Connection. Well, and it's, uh, what's the name of the studio? Malibu something, right? Uh, but uh, the Malibu Express is a story about a guy who lives on a houseboat uh, who gets embroiled in shenanigans and is trying to solve a crime. But it's so hard to solve a crime when so many women want to touch your penis. All right. Well, I'm offended that you called this a story, but nevertheless, continue. That's the entire plot of this movie. I, I mean, that's that's it. He's trying to solve the the thing, well, and then another yeah. thing happens, and he tries to solve that. You didn't but... talk about the random drag racing that happens for no reason. <laughs> Well, that's Mrs. Knockers, and we'll get to her. 
No, that's no, no. The other, the other drag racing. Oh no, we're talking about the weird, the weird uh, Dukes of Hazard yes. fights that he gets into with the rednecks that his dad beat in a race one time. Yes, I'm not talking about anything. Just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be the best episode ever. Doug's already saying, mad for no reason. I'm just saying the plot of this movie literally revolves around the fact that uh, this dude is a complete fuck up. Like, like he's he's at the beginning of the movie they're trying to like put him off as an action star, and then even they establish the fact that he's not an action star. <laughs> the first two problems I had with what you just said is where you said plot and movie, because I don't think either of those things apply. <laughs> Movie is short for moving pictures. <laughs> These were pictures. They were moving. Silence. Silence! <laughs> In part two, but look at the boobs! <laughs> yeah. There's so many boobs! Uh, to be fair, Noah did warn us. Nothing could have prepared me for watching this movie. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I specifically... So I wanted to watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii because Hard Ticket to Hawaii, we'll get to that in a minute, has, has reasons why I wanted to watch that again. And out of all the other Sidaris movies, this one's pretty much just a non-stop avalanche of boobs. Well, granted that it's a and non-stop so I avalanche thought, of boobs. I thought maybe you guys would forgive me the fact that it's a shitty movie because there's so many boobs in it. I don't know. All I kept thinking when I watched this movie, I kept thinking about Halloween 1978. Because if you know the story, when they were getting ready to put Halloween on TV, they had to edit out some of the gore scenes, and therefore they had to go back and fill some, film some extra talking scenes for the sake of making it long enough to show on television. And I feel like this movie is the porno equivalent of that. Where in order to get it in the theaters, they had to edit out the money shots. So then they had to go film some talkie scenes to fill in the time. Because <laughs> my God, <laughs> I, I I totally agree with that. I would describe most of Andy Sedaris's work as porn without porn. <laughs> it's porn without penetration shots. That's that's it. That's all it is. And, and with very limited sex scenes. For the fact that all these women are topless with their tits out constantly, there's very little actual sexual intercourse that occurs. Oh, and when there is, it doesn't like. It's mostly just because you, they, someone says they're having sex that you know they're having sex because the, it's shot so poorly that you wouldn't know that if nobody said it out loud. Or in this <laughs> movie, if you're a creepy guy that likes to have uh, uh, install weird cameras in your bedroom. And then film yourself supposedly having sex with women. Yeah. And trying to rape somebody in a shower. But then she's okay with it, so it's cool. There's That's a theme that runs through these two movies. I guess that's what makes them spiritual sequels to one another, is that if you rape someone, then they're just okay with it the next day. And it's like, that makes her a bitch if she's not over it by morning. Uh, which, I don't agree with that. I'm just saying that's the position the films take. Oh. <laughs> Of all the people in the world, I think Lloyd Kaufman would watch this movie and go, that's a little sleazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would, uh, 
it would be interesting to watch a movie like this try to get made nowadays. Oh, no. <laughs> absolutely not. It, it, in today's Hollywood, Andy Sedaris would be drug into the street and hung. Well, I mean, there's no need for a movie like this nowadays either because we have the internet. That's true. By the way, just for fun, I did go to Pornhub and type the title of this movie in. And yeah, there's lots and lots of clips in there that have been saved. There. Probably better quality than the YouTube version I did watch. So, well, that's because just for fun, like you were in a Pornhub anyway. A, a significant amount of the actresses, I say with quote fingers, clearly bracketing that word, are just Playboy bunnies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. There's actually in the opening credits. There's even the section that says featuring Playboy models. It has a list of them. And just to clarify, these are Playboy models from like 1985. Because I think in today's day and age that even Playboy models are expected to be intelligent enough to like be interviewed and stuff. But back then it was just like Playboy model equaled girl willing to take her clothes off. So (laughs) it's yeah. Like, fuck. (laughs) Uh, it is interesting. This definitely does live in a day and age when uh, they needed movies for for uh, video rental places because yeah. there's no way like uh, anybody would be like, oh yeah, we should totally make this movie and send it out to movie theaters because... That's not. That's definitely not what this movie is about. How could you possibly edit together a trailer for this movie that you'd be allowed to show on television <laughs> to convince Listen, people to come to the theaters? Cinemax <laughs> needs something for that one thirty to three o'clock in the morning time slot. <laughs> Something's got to go there, and I think Andy Sidaris knew how to fill that <laughs> hole. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I will say I, I Which is exactly the type of joke you'll be treated to in this movie. <laughs> Not so much this movie as definitely the next movie. Yeah. Um, um I will say I did feel a little nostalgic because I actually watched this last night while I was waiting for some laundry to get done. And it was like ten o'clock at night. So I kinda had that like, ooh, I'm up late watching this watching this horrible movie that the only reason I'd be watching it is because there's tons of boobs in it. Remember, Snockers with an H. <laughs> I did like that his uh, call service, because you know they didn't have answering machines then, um, was just a, a phone sex line who would take messages for him. <laughs> That's a mildly humorous joke. <laughs> You're not wrong. Ain't it still funny the fifth time they do it? No, well. <laughs> All right. I, I will say, I, I, will say I, I was kind of down on this movie until I watched the other movie today. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm having some fond nostalgia for, for it comparatively. <laughs> That's madness. If you guys, at the end of the day, if you guys tell me that you liked the fucking Malibu Express more than you like our ticket to Hawaii, my mind's going to be so fucking blown. I won't even well, know how to process it. Get ready to get blown. Which Don't is say that when we're talking about these movies. Which is another joke you'll hear. <laughs> <laughs> and said next movie. 
At least, I don't know. At least I, for this movie, there was like a detective quality to it. Horribly. What the fuck? Oh, come on. Horribly. Horribly. This movie was a porno script where they literally just didn't film it as a porno. That is it. Like, it's not, not nothing. <laughs> I mean, the opening and closing credits were literally made with, like, a first generation Macintosh computer. <laughs> uh, Doug's getting so mad right now. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, when we started this podcast, we set out the ground rules, and no one told me that included reviewing porno flicks. I don't know how to do this. We said the type of thing that you would see in a drive-in and fucking tell me right now this isn't the type of thing that you would totally see in a drive-in. I've been to the drive-in lots of times and I've never seen anything like this. You're talking about modern (laughs) drive-ins. I went to the drive-in tons back in the 80s. When this movie was coming out, I was going to the drive-in on a semi-regular basis because it was my dad's way of shutting me up. And (laughs) it was... Not this type of thing. Well, you're talking about Canadian drive-ins. Yeah. Not greasy, sleazy drive-ins out here in the U.S. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Bless, Uh, how would you know what was going on with the moose blocking the screen? (laughs) (sighs) Uh, You can't say it's not true. We've seen the signs up on the internet. The moose are rarely high enough to block the drive-in screen. That's why you go there. Because, yes, they would block the screen if there was a moose in a movie theater. But at the drive-in, they put the screens up high. You can look over the moose. Excuse me, sir. Can you take your antlers off? I can't see the movie. I'm just saying, this movie, for for all of its, its flaws, and by flaws I mean its complete non-attempt at actually making a cohesive movie, it has its fucking moments. The that running does. joke about him not being able to shoot and insisting on shooting, pretty fucking funny. No, it's not. The, the whole chase <laughs> scene at the end of the movie where he's trying to keep them alive and the chick doesn't realize what's going on, so she's taking off her top trying to have sex with him. <laughs> While he's driving a race car? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me it's not like somebody on set wasn't like, you know, it'd be fucking awesome. What if you drove a race car and she was trying to have sex with him the whole time so she had her top off? Yeah, like, I assume Andy Sedaris just stood outside his 14-year-old son's bedroom door with, like, a glass cup and held it up there to listen in when he was talking to his buddies. You know what would be great? And then they just filmed exactly that. <laughs> I'm just saying, the end of the movie, he looks out across all the people he's met through the movie, and there's literally a flash montage of each character when he saw them naked. And no one's denying that that happened. Just, you seem to be seeing it as a positive, and that's where we're, the disconnect exists in this conversation. I don't, it's so fucking, I don't, it's so ridiculous and so sleazy, I can't help but, like, love it. I, you can you can hate it all you want, but it's awesome. <sighs> So I think I've discovered the the magic of Noah's picks, which is um, I think I think the movies that Noah picks are movies that would be fun if they were watched in like with like a group because you would just make fun of them the whole time. But then Noah picks them and me and Doug have to watch them and we're sitting there by ourselves like this is fucking stupid. Well, that's definitely part of the problem, and I was gonna bring that up with the next movie. Well, I was gonna say. 
you guys don't have those voices in your head that you're making the jokes with while you're watching the movies? Maybe I should be medicated. <laughs> First uh, you misused the term movie, then you misused the term plot, and now you're misusing the term medicated. Once again, and maybe. it and means like... moving picture. You cannot say that these are not pictures that are in fact moving. We can, we can argue whether or not it's film, because I'm pretty sure it was shot on VHS. <laughs> Uh, so I should mention there is a uh, there is someone who murders the guy who films women creepily. Yeah, and that's sort of the the uh, the big moving force of him trying to solve this murder. But um, that's not the crime he's trying to solve. That's not the plot of the movie. If there no, was a plot, no, that's, that's, a that's not the initial. That's not the initial one. That just kind of happens, and they're just like, "All right, let's make this happen for a while for no reason." Yep. Um, and then his keen detective skills come out at the end and be like, well, first I thought it was you, but you're not right-handed. I do. I'll tell you what. I do love the fact that at the very end of the movie, his, the whole detective thing that he does is actually fairly cohesive. So this, this entire fucking movie is like a shitty Hardy Boys novel with just hits everywhere. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Where where their clues, yeah, but nobody would have ever like picked up on it. Like, ah, uh, you know, he said he was a hot dog lover, but he put the relish on before the ketchup, so I knew the key was hidden in the hot dog. <laughs> you shouldn't be talking about hot dogs while you're talking about this movie. The thing is, I, I fully admit that I did not pay that much attention by the end of the movie, so I don't know whether that's a made-up scene or something that happened in this movie. <laughs> No, he goes through a whole thing and he explains the series of events that allowed him to solve the entire crime. Yeah. yeah. And this came out after Scooby-Doo, right? So well, we'd already seen that done better. I was I was going to say, and it's cohesive. That's the whole thing. It's cohesive. There really were clues throughout the movie that would have let a person solve it had they not been staring at boobs the entire time. <sighs> mm. Good lord. Doug's really mad about this I got. I have to push back a little bit on this, though. And say that you say that there's clues there that would let him solve it, but at one point, the, the uh, killer actually intentionally pries a drawer open using the wrong hand to throw off on the left hand versus right-handed thing. So there's no way as a viewer you could have known that. So I disagree. It's no longer cohesive. I'm right. This movie sucks. I think if you would have watched the movie, you would have noticed that you could tell which hand everybody was using. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there was a line of dialogue where they used like the wrong hand on purpose to mislead the detective. So that would have also misled the audience if the audience was here to watch a movie, but they weren't. They were here to watch boobs. But, but, they, but if you would have paid attention, she purposefully did it so that he would know it was done on purpose so that he would figure out who did it on purpose. And then come to wherever she was living and bang the shit out of her again. Exactly. <laughs> this movie's so ridiculous. I was going to say, because she did not pry it on the wrong side to throw him off. She specifically pried it on the wrong side to alleviate suspicion of the person that he would have thought would have done it, which would have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, eight and a half stars. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was not great, but again, uh, we'll get to the next movie. It made me appreciate it a little bit more. I give this, I give this a full C cup out of a double T. <laughs> Uh, all right. Moving on to the much better film. Much better, Brian. Uh, I'm going to disagree with that statement. I, I'll agree with that statement that it's a much better film. I mean, uh, that doesn't mean anything. This story involves two women that are secret agent delivery people park rangers? Well, no, one of them is. The other one is in the witness protection program and is being trained to become a secret agent delivering yeah. person park ranger so that she can live that as her new identity. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, due to I had to listen mistake, to another podcast about this movie to figure that out, just so we're clear. Due, due to a mistake, they load up their plane with a snake who's been exposed to rats who have been exposed to cancer patients, making it tainted and even more deadly. Yep. I, I, I'm assuming that means if it bites you, you get, like, super cancer? That's never explained. But, yeah, we're going to go with super cancer. Uh, so, so it escapes. Uh, put that on a shelf somewhere because we're not going to talk about that again for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in secret agent world, there's also dude secret agents and lady secret agents, and there are stolen diamonds and drugs and and naked girls and and fights and a bad guy who just won't fucking die. <laughs> So I think the term dude secret agents fits them perfectly. Yes. Bro secret agents oh, probably oh my God. accurate. Yeah, towards the end of the movie, because Amanda watched some of this regretfully. <laughs> and she she's like, oh, look, that guy's got a man bun before it was popular. So she's called him man bun the whole time. Yeah, it's man bun and mullet. <laughs> Super squad. I would also like to say that one of the girls in this movie carries a pair of nunchucks through the entire movie. It only uses them twice, and both times she uses them wrong. <laughs> that I is not that. how nunchucks yeah, that's, are used. You don't throw nunchucks at people, right? That's not the objective there? No. What about the other girl that carries ninja stars, but a ninja, I, sorry, I misspoke. Carries a ninja star. So every time she throws it, she has to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what... The intended use of those is either. Uh, perhaps you're just not uh, wily to their ways because, you know, secret agents. <laughs> secret secret agent park rangers whose main job is to drop tourists off at a beach and deliver a snake. And they get it wrong because they deliver the wrong snake. Yeah, they do. Technically, it's not their fault. No, it is the fault of the people loading the plane. Yes who have two boxes with snakes in them, one of which has a lid on it and one of which doesn't. And, and one that is labeled dangerous, do not do not do anything with this snake. And the other ones are like, yeah, it's just snakes, so it's cool. 
uh, should we, the label comes off and you're fucked. We must talk about the greatest of all plot devices, the Chekhov's gun, if you will, of this movie. Nay, the Chekhov's rocket launcher of this movie. That's so ridiculous. Shall we talk about the ability of a human being to run over a person skateboarding with a blow-up doll and a machine gun, launching him into the air, and have time to get out of your seat, get into the back of the car, pull out the rocket launcher, fire it. Nay, not once, but twice. Blowing stop up saying nay. Stop, stop trying to sound classy while you discuss this movie. <laughs> you will not ruin this moment. <laughs> Probably the kid on the skateboard is, is my favorite a, part of the movie. He shoots a blow-up doll with a goddamn rocket launcher. Not the Frisbee of Death? The Frisbee of Death's coming, too. Frisbee well, of Death felt saying. over the top to me. Oh. And they take time to set it up. They take time that they research him and find out that he's a he's a big fan of, big fan of uh, tossing the old Frisbee. So they work that into their genius revenge plan of Blade Frisbee swap out. You know what? I hate to say it, but I think uh, Don Coscarelli stole the uh, death of Frisbee from this movie. I'm pretty sure he did. I have trouble <laughs> believing anybody saw this movie to steal from it. Uh, I believe if you were to check our Facebook group, you would see that a whole lot of people seem to agree with me on this movie. <sighs> well... Once again, I've lost all faith in humanity. <laughs> uh, I will point out the main guy um, is known for being a soap opera actor. In case his acting ability didn't, you know, convey that in this movie. Uh, what did you guys think of the the huge budget that they devoted to training the two uh, super bros in karate? <laughs> mean when each of them got one free lesson at the Y? <laughs> I'm talking about on the boat when they're doing their, their little their karate practice. Yeah, so much. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah. What's good? I, 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 it's I so think... hard for me to comment on any of this shit. I'm like, what am I supposed to say about two guys that don't know how to do karate doing karate for five minutes? I I think like, uh, this this falls into one of your things where you always say it's okay if they're doing something dumb as long as they're no, they know what they're doing, and you cannot argue that every single second of this movie that Andy Sedaris did not know exactly what the fuck he was doing. I believe that for this movie, I will acknowledge that I think that they were trying to make a bad movie, whereas the last movie, I think they were trying to make a porno movie. This one, at least, they were trying to make a bad movie. They knew it was ridiculous. And, I mean, hey, if they were trying to make a bad movie, good on them. They did it. <laughs> Bullets, bombs, and boobs. The credo of the Andy Sedaris movie. Yeah. I don't think I like Andy Sedaris. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I don't like that guy. Uh, you, know, so, you, can get, you can get all of his movies for eight bucks on Amazon, Doug. No, I can't. Did you, did you buy <laughs> Not if I want to respect myself in the morning, I can't. 
Oh, I totally bought it. It's on its way. Yeah! <laughs> my man! I like uh, weird, shitty movies in my collection, so this will be right at the top of the list. Remember, it's not settled that these are movies. We are still <laughs> That is still up for debate. Noah has made his point repeatedly, but I don't necessarily uh, accept it. Video, uh, videoed programs. Once... Once again, if if your requirement is moving picture, meets it. Number two, if your requirement is plot, this movie does have a plot. This movie has like forty plots. None of them make any sense interacting with one another. I still don't know where the diamonds came in. I couldn't quite figure it out. All of a sudden, a helicopter comes flying because from the boat and drops off diamonds. They're exchanging the diamonds for the drugs using the little remote control helicopter. Is that what that was supposed to be? Okay. I mean, I kind of figured, but I wasn't 100% sure on that. Do you like, at the end of the movie, did you like the uh, unnecessarily complex explanation of who this mysterious bad guy was? Um, Mr. Oh, Chang? I didn't, I didn't pay Mr. attention Chang. to any of that. Who is not Asian whatsoever? Yeah. He's half English, half Chinese, born in China, raised in Belgium, educated in London. And played by a pure white guy with no Asian ancestry whatsoever. Yeah. I don't even think he had British ancestry. <laughs> or Belgian, for that matter. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't listen to any of that. I, <laughs> I listened to some of the dialogue in this movie, and it became pretty clear that you probably shouldn't. There was only, like, there was tons of tries at jokes, and there was one that I found funny. So, uh, oh my god! I think every fucking joke in this movie. Try, try to guess. Try to guess which one liner I found funny. That I bet you can't do it. I measured it from the ground. No. Uh, sit on my face. Is that because your nose is bigger than your dick? No. Not a bad one. <laughs> the, the one. The one that actually made me laugh when I was watching the movie was if brains are bird shit. You'd have a fully clean cage. <laughs> uh, the message I sent to the group was "Hard ticket to Hawaii," written by Dad Jokes. Yep. Because just about every joke in this is some horrible joke that you would hear. Every yeah, every not just every joke, every line of dialogue is some really bad joke that you would hear. Like whether it's whether it's these one-liner jokes or whether it's the girls who are just trying to explain to the audience that they think best when they're topless in, in a hot tub. So if we're gonna solve this crime, we better take our clothes off and go in the hot tub. And they're just like passing diamonds around, and then all of a sudden they know, ah, oh, now we got it. And they just get yeah, get dressed again. I also think my best whenever I'm naked in a hot tub. Nope, nope. You best not be doing the show while you're naked in a hot tub. Dude, if I had a hot tub and a way to set that up, you bet your ass. Everybody be listening to me stewing my balls. So if you're a potential employer and a fan of the show, don't hire Noah and give him a raise. Cause that will cause this whole institution to come crashing down. Our entire YouTube channel would just be the stream of me sitting in the hot tub. Uh, so you want to explain to the audience how this is a pseudo meta sequel to uh, Malibu Express? Okay, so it's actually more than you guys think. So, in the mo- in the movie, they make reference to the other movie being a movie. 
in their By universe. reference, you mean the the chick has a post has the poster from the last movie over her bed. And yeah. the other and the other girl says, "What's this poster? Why, that's from the producer's last film, <laughs> which was Malibu Express, and it's available for rent on VHS now. Like it's pretty much a commercial." In the <laughs> yes, but so the secret government agent chick from the last movie. That government agency is supposed to be the same government agency that these girls are working for. And going further into the rest of the Sidaris library, they started calling them the Ladies of Lethal. And pretty much all of the movies revolve around this weird secret cabal of secret agents that have big boobs. And actually, I think it goes even deeper, though, because I think... Like one of these girls makes reference to like her uncle being in the agency, and he was in the previous film as well, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot. I wasn't, of I wasn't going back to rewatch and like look at the characters that had that name. Yeah, it's it's really weird because there's overlap, there's reference to other characters, but there's no attempt at continuity. So in some of the other movies, like characters that'll die off in this will come back and be villains in other movies and. Ones that are villains in other movies in the next movie will be part of the team, and it's bizarre. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because they're naked. Isn't the main guy in this supposed to be like cousins with the main guy in the last one? Which supposedly oh, explains why he has the Malibu Express in this movie. Exactly. I... Finally, <laughs> we must have the most important discussion of all. The physics of how rocket launcher rockets work. Oh, no. <laughs> how, how big exactly is a rocket launcher rocket explosion? Because at one point, it's very big. At another point, he fires it into a snake's mouth from two paces. And all it does is blow the snake's head off. I like to think it's the second one, because that, that was... Everything involving the snake was my favorite part of this movie by far. <laughs> I loved, I loved the snake. I loved the way the snake looked. I love the fact that I feel like I can make that snake for myself at home if I decided I wanted to. Did you like when that chick shot both of the uh, snake's teeth out with two shots? It's pretty good. Pretty good. I like that. I like to think that the snake uh, is, you know, somehow invincible that he could that he could survive that. Uh, on top of the fact that, for the most part, the snake puppet is like a uh, a broom handle around a snake puppet being scooted across the floor. <laughs> there, I love, if, I want, if I want to make it at home, I can. That's I great. love all the parts in the movie where they'd be like, oh my god, there it is! And the snake would just, for some reason, be like hanging over the side of stuff in just like hand puppet fashion and just go... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it, the snake attacks the uh, honeymooning couple. Yeah. Before the uh, the girl has a chance to take her top off, so I call failure on this movie. Yeah. Well, that couple probably shouldn't have been in this movie because, well, I guess I don't know. Maybe they were the main characters because maybe everything else shouldn't have been in the movie. None of the plots <laughs> interconnected in an intelligent way. That was the weird thing about this movie. It's all like the snake, and then there's like the diamonds and. The drugs and all and it's like but, it all felt like a bunch of different movies like a really shitty first draft of pulp fiction where there's all these different plots going on and i'm waiting for them to all to intersect and then they just don't intersect in any intelligent way so just like pulp fiction 
<laughs> well, we'll discuss that one if we ever get around to doing it on the show. But I'm just, I'm just saying, does any of that really matter at the end of the day? It does to me. They and that's hit a guy. Where... He flies up in the air, and they get out a rocket launcher, and they shoot him, and then they shoot a blow dog. Nigga had some mad skateboarding skills too. He did skateboarding on his hands, but that's just because he was really high. Apparently, if you're really high, you can skateboard down a hill on your hands. I don't know why that is. That doesn't feel accurate to me. But Doug, would you watch this movie again? No. <laughs> why not? I will give you this much. I will so give you this much. Uh, if I, if I had been. 15 in 1987 when this came out right and me and my buddies had somehow convinced the guy at the video store to rent us this movie and we watched it in somebody's basement while the parents were upstairs and we didn't you know they we knew we weren't allowed to but we did anyway i think like a group of friends watching this movie together would have enjoyed it at 15 years old in 1987 at no other time and then I would probably have fond memories of it, and I could see rewatching it and enjoying it on a nostalgic level. But seeing it for the first time as an adult in 2018, this was just nonsense. Which is still a huge improvement over the last movie. It's, oh. but it's the best nonsense. You and me a very different world. <laughs> like I said, get on the Facebook group. I have backing on this one, goddammit. Oh, I'm aware that this film has a reputation. And I do think a significant portion of that is probably people who saw it for the first time as a teenager in 1987. I'm sure there are some people who see it today and enjoy it. There's, It takes all types. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw it for the first time when Fat Kid showed it to me about five years ago. <laughs> and I've never looked back. I don't know. Although I will say, I was I was aware of Andy Sidaris before that. Just not this particular movie. Do you guys remember when there was football players in this movie for no reason? <laughs> and then I looked at that word on the TV. Yeah, like they literally, it's they come in there and they make they say inappropriate things on TV and then that's the end of their storyline. That's, that's what we're dealing with here. Do you remember when Andy Sidaris, uh, sleazy producer, was in the movie as Andy Sidaris, sleazy producer? <laughs> who literally gets accused of rape. Yeah, he, I think he's the one that says, that was last night, this is today. Yeah. He accuses himself. He accuses himself in script of rape. Yeah, but he passes it off as it's okay as long as the next day you respect her for her brain. Again, not an acceptable position that I'm taking, just saying that's what the movie says. Also, I know I know you're making fun of the football player part, but goddammit, that dude going over his litany of vitamins that he takes every day to the football players is really fucking funny. No. <laughs> yes, it is, Doug. <laughs> yeah, this is way better for me than either one of these. Well, Who's listening to YouTube? Moose. Talk? The mooses have fried your brains. <laughs> Live, Doug. Dance with me. Dance the dance of life. 
Uh, should we comment there was a drag queen in both these movies played by the same guy? Oh, is it the same guy? Yeah. I had to double check and it turns out I was right. Oh, alright. That's what he do. I will say the portrayal of gay people was rather offensive, but I guess that was just 1987, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I was trying to get I was trying to think back to like other 1987 movies, and then all I kept thinking of is like, yeah, those kids in Monster Squad use the word homo a lot. So <laughs> I guess that was what was acceptable at the time. I, I I can honestly say I don't believe there is any particular group that is portrayed in any of these films that is not offensive. Yeah, look, I was even upset because when I was a kid, I loved MacGyver, and he lived on a boat, and I was upset by the way that people who live on boats were portrayed in the, in the previous movie. <laughs> I was like, that's not... MacGyver was so cool and he lived on a boat. This guy's a douchebag and he lives on a boat. I'll tell you what, though. If I had to pick between two lives, MacGyver's life or this guy's life, um, I'm taking the uh, the Malibu all the way. <laughs> tell him you don't disagree. Or you don't agree, Doug. Cause, come I on. I don't think I agree with that. You would want MacGyver's life instead of this boob-filled life of what's-his-face? You would yeah, just MacGyver, like... MacGyver got the girl... Like, into the girl life-threatening life. situations where you had a paperclip and a fucking shoe instead of every woman wants to have sex with you and it's very inconvenient. <laughs> if you're smart enough to save the world with a paperclip and a shoe, I think you could probably convince women to have sex with you. You are wrong. I guess. I think MacGyver could have used those skills had he chosen. He felt a responsibility to mankind to like you know what you never hear people say ooh that Klaus Hickman famed famed uh, physicist that guy really lays pipe <laughs> you're not wrong I have never heard anyone say that before <laughs> Oh, this is my favorite episode ever. <laughs> and do you know why this guy lays so much pipe? It's that goddamn beautiful ass mustache slapped on his face. <laughs> well, we know. We know it's the 70s porno mustache. God. It looked a bit like a like a young blonde Peter Hooten. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, these movies were so terrible. <laughs> but they're so fun. It doesn't matter. It does uh, matter, though. Don't say it doesn't matter whether a movie's terrible or not when we host a podcast where we discuss movies. Of course that matters. <laughs> there are lots of fun movies to watch that aren't terrible. It matters because it changes the way I enjoy the film. See, these, I got to watch them and enjoy them, and then come on the show, and you hated them, and I got to enjoy you hating them. <laughs> uh, everything. Uh, talk, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to get a beer. Oh, no, Doug no, left. Left. Doug, come back. Come back, Doug. Doug, we love you. Oh, that's a great place to do a segment break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm serious though. I don't understand. No, I figured. I figured you both would hate the first movie and like the second one. Uh, I feel like the first one was at least like 
being funny, like with the Dukes of Hazard dumb bullshit. And this one, I'm just like, ugh. Everybody feels like they're way important, way more important to themselves than they really are. Right. I just love, I love the fact that they play him off as this Han Solo-y character. And he's just a complete dumb piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, did you get your beer, Doug? Yes. Okay. Is it a Molson? Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, so we got two pieces of feedback. Uh, first up, uh, Nemesis of the show, Brian with an I. Actually posted the Facebook group right as we were... Just to clarify, Nemesis of you two, friend of me. Right. Sure. Tonight. Sure. Uh, so, so I'm listening to my first audiobook since you guys can't put out episodes fast enough, which I say is not fair because we put out two episodes this week with our Infinity War review and uh, our regular review of the 70s Doctor Strange and Doctor Mordred, which a lot of people seem to be enjoying the fact that we're talking about Doctor Mordred. Really. A lot of people are like, oh my god, Dr. Mordor, I haven't thought about that in forever. I'm going to have to look it up. Who? So. Worried? Who, who, why isn't that in the feedback section, then? I don't know. It's, a, it's in comments. <laughs> comments of the episode that I posted various places on Facebook to promote it. Oh. Okay. oh, I figured it out. See, that's what happened this week. You know I always bat 50%, and everybody seemed to like both the movies all right last week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Next time I like a movie you picked, I'm gonna just lie and say I hated it, so I don't have to go through this again. <laughs> uh, so Brian says, since you guys can't put out episodes fast enough, and I'm starting with Meg in anticipation of the movie starring the Staith. Uh The book is pretty decent, and the movie looks fun enough. But this is coming from a guy that liked likes Deep Blue Sea, so take that as you will. And he uh, is reading it from uh, Hoopla, so. The hoopla continues. Yeah, I gotta get my credit. I gotta get my library card updated so I can get in on this hoopla action. Now, yeah. um, yeah. is anybody else excited for the Meg? We'll see. Yeah, I am a sucker for shark movies, mm-hmm. so I have a feeling that I'm going to go see that movie and then not like it. But I'll be really excited right up until I see it. So, <laughs> my, that's my plan. My only problem with shark movies is I'm you know it's with a niche genre I'm always excited for a movie to top something you know to become the new best thing like superhero movies I'm constantly getting a new best superhero movie but shark movies Jaws is the best shark movie and there has never been a movie remotely close to as good as no, that's yeah, that's true. Jaws, I mean, Jaws might be the best movie ever made of all time. Um, I believe you're forgetting about Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. 
I'm not saying they're not enjoyable. There's plenty of perfectly good, enjoyable shark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tons of them. But it's just the uh, the distance. is that's, that's a really high fucking bar for somebody to kick that ball over. <laughs> yeah, no. You, you gotta just pretend. Just because Jaws isn't technically a shark movie. It's a movie about three men who have to hunt a shark. So think of it in those terms. And just remove it from the list of shark movies. Perhaps. It makes all the other shark movies more enjoyable. So Doug, are you excited? Are you excited about uh Deep Blue Sea Two? Oh, I'm I'm having like a real struggle with myself because somebody posted to uh I don't know where, to Facebook maybe or something, an actual screen cap from that movie with the subtitles running. Mm-hmm. And the subtitle on the screen at the moment that they posted the cap is Sharks Roaring. That's what it says. <laughs> and I have no idea if that makes me want to see the movie more or see it less. <laughs> and I'm so struggling with it because I love Deep Blue Sea. And I like I know it's ridiculous, but I believe it's one of those inten- like it's like a, a chopping mall type ridiculous where they knew exactly what they were doing and they did it well. Um, and I I just I don't know if I want to see him for sharks for though. I'm going to assume this. The plot of Deep Blue Sea 2 is the ghost of Samuel L. Jackson has possessed a shark and is out for revenge. See, I'd see that movie for sure. <laughs> right. What if it's it's not a ghost, but Samuel L. Jackson, like, how long has it been since since the last movie? Like, I don't know, a decade. Yeah. Like, we'll say like 15 years. Like, 15 years later, fights his way out of the shark. <laughs> this whole time he's just been swimming around in there? Yeah. Like, fucking like some, you. Uh, a shark ate me! A motherfucking <laughs> shark ate me! Uh, that'd be great. I think I just wrote the best shark movie ever. <laughs> or, like, what if the shark has been doing good deeds for the last ten years and we find out it's because Sam Jackson has taken control from the inside? <laughs> See? Genius. Dave. It's like it's like the anti jaws. It's a, it's a shark going around doing good deeds. Yeah, trying to make up for the sins of other sharks. <laughs> Dave Chappelle has permanently ruined Deep Blue Sea for me because I can't hear somebody say Deep Blue Sea and not hear him go, Deep Blue Sea? That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> It's my acting style. Holy shit. So my friend Ben, this is not really related to anything. (laughs) My friend Ben on Facebook, I I just randomly went to the homepage and his post from 14 minutes ago says, I hate to admit it, but Infinity War was better than Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. (laughs) That being said, Thanos is no nuclear man. That is probably the best Infinity War war review I've heard yet. So, (laughs) Uh, highest of fives. uh, Noah, why don't you read the email we got that actually uh, starts with the singing of the theme song from? (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Subject line: It's a hot ticket to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) They wrote a song for that movie. <laughs> what the fuck? That gives it, and 
and I know this doesn't mean shit to Doug, that gives it so much more points. I fucking, I love shitty 80s and 90s theme songs for movies. They're the best. Like, every movie should have had a theme song. I don't understand why you would ever have one and not do that. Oh. I'll tell you what pisses me off about theme songs for movies, though. I still get annoyed is about the old VHS tapes where they would put the video on after the movie, but the song would still play over the credits, and then you'd have to fast-forward past that to get to the video. It's like, nobody's going to ever watch that video. Don't put it on there. It seems like a complete waste to me. still annoys me. Solid point. Um, if anybody is musically inclined out there, they should make up some theme songs for movies that did not have their own theme songs and send them into the show and we'll play them. You know what? Yes, we will. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that, that is the greatest idea that I've ever heard in my entire life. Yes. But, I don't I mean, like none of us can do I it. Don't, yeah, I, don't, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't like reality TV shows, but that sounds like it should be an entire reality TV show and there should be two oh, seasons. Yeah, like if the next season of The Voice was write your own song and perform it, which is the theme song for a movie that has no theme song, <laughs> I'd watch that. Damn it, that's so good. That would be good. All right, I should probably get back to Kent's uh, email before I forget about it. <laughs> we, we, made, we made it through the subject line so far. <laughs> oh. Oh my god, so excited now. <laughs> uh, he says, Hey guys, Terra Hope Kent here. Uh, and I wanted to say that, like Brian, too, I am not fond of Super Troopers. Bullshit. Bullshit, Brian. Sorry. Bullshit, can't. Uh, I'd rather watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii again than ever watch a Super Troopers movie again. I think he's with you on that too, because on the other hand, I'm very fond of our ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> the razor frisbee, the skateboarder with the blow-up doll, the ridiculous uh, snake explosion is <laughs> all awesome. Yes, everything you said is true. We have uh, a new nemesis of the show. That's my perspective on this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, because you're now no longer my nemesis. <laughs> You have traded Nemesis. Uh, and the entire... Oh, fuck. He used the damn word that I always pronounce wrong. And the entire Andy Sidaris oeuvre <laughs> <laughs> is reasonably priced on Amazon. True. $8. Uh, last week, Brian mentioned having watched the movie Ruby. Uh, my only encounter with this film was watching the Rift Tracks version. I remember the whole movie being kind of slow. But maybe I should rewatch that Rift Tracks. Yeah, the movie was very slow. I didn't know there was a Rift Tracks. It'd probably be pretty fun to watch it with that. Yeah, it's something for good. Anything else? Is that the end of the email? That was the end of the email. Okay. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Kent. Kent's super awesome. Uh, so my friend Ben also reminded me on Facebook... <laughs> Uh, that the RoboCop statue finally has a home in Detroit at the Michigan Science Center. So, forever ago. <laughs> that's, that's where they put it? The Science Center? Yeah. That is Michigan Science Center. <clears throat> uh, yeah, forever ago, someone did a Kickstarter to put a statue of RoboCop in Detroit. And, well... <laughs> 
why wouldn't it be completely funded with even like more on top of that because it's an awesome idea but then they could never find anywhere to put it after it was created so looks like the michigan science center stepped up and was like we'll take robocop so yeah uh there's gonna be an unveiling sometime the end of the summer or something so even though there's pictures of it around they're actually gonna do like a formal unveiling so if you're in detroit i'm sorry but stop by the michigan science center check out robocop (laughs) sorry you have to live in detroit but yeah now is that because they figured the only spot where it won't get stolen is out front of the uh, science center. Maybe. I don't know. See, this this seems wrong to me. I'm all in favor of a RoboCop statue. It doesn't seem like it should be at the science center. <laughs> it should be guarded by an Ed Two Hundred Nine the whole time. Ironically, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um. All right. Did anybody watch anything since we recorded four days ago? No, probably a time for lots. Actually, uh, <laughs> the only thing I think I watched was the new uh, uh, what's what's his face, uh, Todd Mullaney stand up, John Mullaney. John Mullaney. It's really fucking funny. Really, I don't, I don't understand why people think he's funny. Oh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't think he's funny. So I watched. We are, host, we are his standstill, sir. I watched him host SNL. Because I've never really watched any of his stand-up. And I was just sort of shrugged the whole time. And I don't know. Not for me, I I guess. I haven't seen any of it, so I can't comment. But he is one of the voices in that cartoon, right? And I think he's one of the writers on it as well. But I forget the name of the cartoon. Big Mouth? Big Mouth? Yeah, I think he's involved Sounds right. Sounds right. And I I did enjoy that, but I haven't seen his stand-up, so I can't comment. Well, I know he was a writer on SNL, and apparently he was really behind the uh, Stefan character with Bill Hader. Okay. Which is cool because I like the Stefan character, but other than that, I don't. I don't know. Never been super impressed with anything of his I've seen. So. I don't know. That's see, it's one of those things. I think I think he's one of the funniest living comedians right now. Mm. Yeah. Don't know. But comedy is super subjective, so I might I might watch that and then next week be able to comment, or I might never watch that. And never <laughs> because Noah said it was funny. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Listen, I don't think we argue about what's funny. We argue about what's good. But you said it was good. I said it was funny. Oh no. And it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Now what are you going to do? Now I've robbed you of laughter. (laughs) (sighs) Did you watch anything, Doug? Just take this opportunity to see if there's any other podcast that they're looking to hire a host that might be available. Yeah, if anybody's hiring a host, I'll totally jump on board. Do this shit for free. I'll do another podcast for free. <laughs> uh, did you watch anything, Doug? Um, I watched Star Wars because I needed to, after Infinity War, I needed to watch a big budget movie that made me happy. <laughs> so I just watched Star Wars. No, why? <laughs> like, I watched Star Wars. You mean Star Wars? Yes. Yeah, like like Episode Four, Star Wars. Yeah, 
because I'm like, I'm pretty sure the good guys win at the end of this one. Everything turns out fine. He's going <laughs> to blow up the big mean thing. And so I was like, that, I hope I didn't accidentally spoil Infinity War for anybody there. But <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I just, I just wanted to put in a movie that I just knew was, I was going to be smiling the whole time. It was also in between these two movies that I hated, so. <laughs> but I actually like Star Wars more now than I did before because I watched the uh, Blu-ray, which is only the second time I've watched it. Mm-hmm. But it has a really neat feature where when you put it in, it asks you whether you want to start back where you, st- where you left off last time or not. Because so many of the Blu-rays I have automatically start back up where you turned them off. And I find that to be the most frustrating thing in technological history. It's like I, I watched Halloween last October, and now when I put it back in next October, it'll still be halfway through the credits where I left off because, of course, that's where I want to start it again a year later. Listen, I just wanted to... Uh, I'm pretty sure those that feature was designed by uh, video shop owners from back in the 80s. Just, trying to kill people the frustration they had of people not fucking rewinding this goddamn thing. That's what it is. Because I also, I watch my Blu-rays mostly through my PlayStation 3, and it's not easy to jump back to the main menu. There's not like a menu button you can hit that just works every time. So when you are, when you do put in a movie and you're like sitting down and watch it and it starts halfway through the credits, it's so frustrating trying to like get to the beginning of the movie. You have to go to like the select a scene and select scene one. Oof. It's it's very annoying. Yeah. So I don't know who decided to make Blu-rays like that, but it's frustrating. But that's so literally all I watch. So. So what you're saying is Star Wars is good. Star Wars is good. Uh, now I do have a Star Wars related question. Uh, okay. Is there a giant snake that gets shot with a rocket launcher in that movie? <laughs> Not in episode four. <laughs> nice. Um, well, I also did not get a chance to really watch anything. Yeah, this is the uh, problem when we record on the wrong dates is we don't give ourselves the full week to actually watch anything. Yeah. Uh, I did, though, watch the first two episodes of Lost in Space. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and have thoroughly enjoyed it. And probably when we get done here, I'm going to go upstairs and watch some more. That's good. Um, like I said, it's good. Yeah. It's just its own thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, non-spoilers, but I like the... Because, I mean, I sort of know about Lost in Space just through the pop culture aspect of it. And I like some of the changes they made, like with who is actually who and who is actually not who and like where the robot comes from and stuff. I think all that stuff's fascinating. So, okay. See, I, don't know, I don't know enough to know what got changed. So mm. I don't know if I like it or not, but I have been enjoying the show. Well, from what I know of the TV, sh- the original show, I think it was just pretty straightforward. It's just a family. And then was it the doctor and the robot? All the doctor and, uh, and the guy. Yeah. So I think it's just them lost on a, another planet. So, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. And I feel like they've done some cool twists and nuances with some of the characters to make it not... To make it something completely different, yet is still the same thing. And I feel like that 
they've done a really good job with that, which I'm really excited about. I'm curious to see how all that stuff plays out. Yeah, so I'm a couple episodes ahead of you, but I, I found it interesting when they started bringing, they bring more characters in. Mm-hmm. And I, I found some of that stuff interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the end of the second episode, yeah, Parker Posey just showed up, so. Yeah. And I'm a huge Parker Posey fan, so I was happy that she's in this. She does a good fucking job. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Well, we decided not to let Noah pick anymore. <laughs> so, Ever. <laughs> Ever again. So me, and, me and Doug uh, came up with an idea that we should do uh, some horror movies next week since we haven't done some horror movies in a while. And we're going to be talking about the super awesome movie, Demons. And we're going to follow that up with uh, Rawhead Rex, which I've never seen before. So I don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> Is Rawhead Rex any good? I don't know. I don't. I think I did see it, but a long time ago. It's got a really cool creature effect in it. All right. So, isn't a Clyde uh, Barker story? Uh, I don't know about that. I, I want to say it's Scottish, though. Right? Scottish horror movie? I don't know. That, is, that doesn't sound right. But sure, I, I think it is right. Hold on. I believe you. It just seems weird to me that we would have picked a Scottish horror movie. Yes, written by Clyde Barker. Yeah, no, that part I knew is true. Okay. So yeah, we're gonna be doing that next next week. Uh, Noah was voted out of the choosing. Sorry, Irish. Irish. So everybody can feel safe for next week. You know what the funny thing is? I totally put these movies on the list, though. (laughs) (laughs) You fallen. You fallen right into my trap. It's all part of the trick. Well, this was the movie that uh, Noah said that we were, we were just going to review. <laughs> we had to watch it twice every episode and review it twice. Uh, shit, maybe. Okay, so those are our suggested viewings for next week, but we'll see. If I get ten <laughs> minutes into Ride Rex and there's no not, it's a nonsensical plot and nothing but poops, then I'm turning it off and we're watching <laughs> something else. <laughs> guarantee you, that is not what the movie is. Well, I'm looking through some of the pictures on IMDb, and it looks like there's like a time traveling John Hamm in this movie. So I'll give it a watch for that. <laughs> I doubt there's a time traveling John Hamm in this movie, but if you think that's what it looks like, then that's what you think it looks like. I don't know. I'm right, gonna a picture in the chat, and you're gonna shit your pants because you're like, it is a time traveling John Hamm. Bet you I don't think it is. All right. Best case scenario, I say that does kind of look like that, but it's still probably not correct. You're just denying the existence of time travel, and that's that's your problem. We can all pretend like it's not John Hamm, but we all know it's John Hamm. Even if that is John, even if that guy does look like John Hamm, he looks like a much younger John Hamm, and this is an older movie, so he wouldn't have to be a time traveler. You don't make any sense. That's your problem. <laughs> That's what my problem is. (laughs) 
You just don't make any damn sense. I saw this picture from a long time ago, and the guy must be a time traveler because the picture is of him at younger age from a while back. (laughs) Yeah, but John Hamm wasn't that old in 1986. You don't know how old he is in that picture, and you don't know how old John Hamm is. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. I need you <laughs> I need you both to stop what you're doing and watch this trailer. Good lord. Four minutes? Just a trailer. <laughs> I'm watching it, but I'm not happy about it. Captain America and Santo versus Spider-Man? fuck is that <laughs> is spider-man the guy in the wannabe batman costume is that what's happening there spider-man's the guy wearing the blue and red tube sock at least it has luchadors in it that's good it has a santo who totally isn't santo faux santo Oh, hey, shower time. Spoilers. It's some some girl soaping up her hair. It's not that exciting. So we've already decided we're not doing this movie, right? <laughs> I don't I don't know how you guys aren't completely excited to do this movie. <laughs> First of all, in order to discuss it, I'd have to watch it sober. And I think that's going to ruin any enjoyment I could possibly get from this. See, is that Spider-Man strangling a girl to death? Aw, don't hurt the guinea pigs. (laughs) Come on, man. Listen, Spider-Man may or may not be a rapist. He may be a Spider-Man. Go, guinea pigs, go! What are they doing, trying to create guinea pig man? <laughs> That'd be awesome. They're going to chew their way through his face. Is what oh, I see what they're doing, okay. Although I think you're supposed to do that with rats instead of guinea pigs. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it would work with guinea pigs. I feel oh. like a guinea pig would just like rub itself against you like a cat would. This is a vicious guinea pig. Captain America is supposed to be in this. What the fuck? Oh, there he is. I'm not sure they had the rights to make this. Oh, no, they did not. 
I don't think they had the rights to the Santo, whoever that is. <laughs> Turkey, Turkey is even more shameless whenever it comes to ripoff movies than the Italians. Why is Spider Man such a dick in this movie? Have you guys, have you guys seen uh, Turkish Star Wars? No. No. Madness. I should watch that someday. Go Captain America, beat that weird red and green dude. What's really? It's weird to me that Captain America's suit looks so much like a Captain America suit, and Spider-Man's suit looks so different from a Spider-Man suit. They obviously had access to the comics. 